Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan, Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great Ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we come thanking you for those who have tuned in to this week's podcast. We continue to lift up in prayer those who have just graduated. We pray for the high school and college graduates. We pray for peace in the United States. We pray the blood of Jesus over Crohn's disease. We pray that your word will go forward. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In the name of our forerunner, Jesus Christ, amen. Our study of the prayers in the Bible continues with the Lord's Prayer, also called the Model Prayer, in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. Jesus was teaching his disciples the right way to pray after he criticized those who got up and prayed for show. One of the key parts of the prayer is, Your will be done, indicating the sovereignty of God. As a young boy growing up, I always thought this phrase was me giving God permission to do his will. I would learn later that his will takes priority over everyone else's will, including and especially my will. In heaven, his will is never questioned. It's just obeyed. Jesus teaches that we on earth should accept his will for our lives just as it is accepted in heaven. In Matthew 8 and 2, the leper came to Jesus, bowed down before him, and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus answers the leper's request in the next verse by touching him and saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed. The leper came to Jesus in humble submission, worshiping him as God, because he was God. Jesus could have healed the leper without touching him, but broke custom and touched him. In Matthew 8, verses 6 through 9, the centurion asked Jesus to heal his servant. The centurion, a Roman soldier and a Gentile, believed that Jesus could heal long distance with just his words, instead of coming to his house. The faith of the centurion was praised by Jesus. Folks, when we pray, we should have the faith of the centurion, believing that our prayers can be answered by the words of Jesus. That's why it is so important to be able to pray God's word back to him, for he will not deny his own words. The disciples thought they were going to drown and cried out to Jesus to help them in Matthew 8.25. Jesus answered by calming the storm with just his words in Matthew 8.26. My friends, Jesus was in the boat asleep when the storm comes, yet the disciples were in a state of panic. As believers, we have the creator of heaven and earth on call with just a prayer. Yet, so often we decide to handle the crisis ourselves and call on the Lord only when we have exhausted all of our options. In Matthew 8, verses 29 through 31, demons recognized who Jesus was and asked him not to torment them before their time. These demons had possessed two men, and now they asked Jesus to allow them to enter a herd of pigs. Jesus granted them permission and said, Go. A ruler came to Jesus, seeking his help because his daughter had died. Matthew 9, verses 18 and 19 says that the ruler came and worshiped Jesus. My Christian comrades, before we get to the asking part of our prayer, start with acknowledging who God is and worshiping him. Jesus raised the ruler's daughter from the dead 
in Matthew 9, 25. Between the time the ruler asked Jesus to help his daughter and when Jesus healed her, a woman who had been on her menstrual cycle for 12 years said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will get well. These words are written in Matthew 9.21. The woman was healed in Matthew 9.22. My Christian comrades, there were a lot of prayers for healing during the pandemic. Let's continue to pray for physical healing as well as spiritual and social healing. Matthew 9.27 records two blind men asking for help with Jesus answering them in Matthew 9 verses 29 through 30. In Matthew 14.30, Peter asked to be saved from drowning as he walked on the water with Jesus, and Jesus saves him. I've told the story of me as a teenager, unable to swim, but crossing the rope separating the shallow end from the deep end. As I moved along the side of the pool, there were people who were in my way and I had to let go to get around them, and I slipped into the deep end. In my panic, I grabbed whoever was close, and I heard them say, Pull him up! He's drowning! Friends, I couldn't save myself. I had crossed the line from safety in the shallow end to the deep end. Our sins are like that pool. Once we cross that line, we can't save ourselves. Someone has to throw us a life preserver. Someone has to reach out and pull us to safety. Someone has to save us. That someone is Jesus Christ. In Matthew 15, verses 22 through 27, a Gentile woman asked Jesus repeatedly, to heal her daughter. Jesus gives her the answer in Matthew 15, verse 28. In Matthew chapter 17, verses 15 and 16, a man asks Jesus to heal his epileptic son and throws the disciples into the bus because they could not heal the boy. Jesus shows his frustration with the disciples, then heals the boy in Matthew 17 and 18. The mother of James and John asked Jesus if her sons could have seats on the left and right hand side of Jesus in his kingdom. That's found in Matthew 20, 21. This conversation came about as Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 19, 28, that they would each receive a throne, a total of 12, to judge the 12 tribes of Israel. Now Mary, the mother of James and John, wants them to be seated in positions of power next to Jesus. This request was denied because of the wrong motive. Matthew 26, 39-44 records Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane praying to the Father that the cup would pass from him. The cup is the wrath of God, and Jesus was about to take on the full judgment of God. My guilt and your guilt and our guilt would be paid at the cross. He knew that very soon he would have to take on the sins of the world and that the Father cannot look on sin. Luke 16, 24-31 is a passage where the rich man prays that his brothers will not have to endure his fate as he was being tormented in Hades. The Pharisee boasts of his own righteousness in Luke 18, verses 11 and 12. The Pharisee came to pray, yet used the word I five times as he prayed with himself. God will not share his glory with anyone coming to him while praising self. The other person mentioned in this same story was a tax collector in Luke 18 and 13. Now he prays, God, be merciful to me as a sinner. The tax collector thought that he was the worst sinner, while the Pharisee thought he was the best man alive. 
Folks, when we know that we are sinners saved by the grace of God, we will go to God humbly. John writes in John 11:41 through 44 that Jesus prays at the tomb of Lazarus after he had been dead four days. The Jews believed that the spirit of a person would linger near the body up to three days. Waiting an extra day removed all doubt that Lazarus was dead. When Jesus prayed to the Father, it was for the benefit of all in attendance. Jesus called Lazarus by his name, and he walked out of the tomb, still wearing his grave clothes. After this episode, many Jews believed that Jesus was the Christ. Jesus' prayer in John, the 17th chapter, has been called the greatest prayer in the Bible. Jesus asked his Father to glorify him as the cross awaited him. Jesus prays for his disciples in John 17, 6 through 16. Jesus continues to pray for his disciples to be sanctified in John 17, verses 17 through 19. And he prays for all believers in John 17, verses 20 through 21. He prays for the church in John 17, 22, and for the unity founded in love in John 17, 23. He prays to be with his people in verse 24 of John 17. Jesus finishes his great prayer by asking his disciples to be filled with the love of God and the indwelling of Jesus himself. Will you accept the love of God? He's waiting to set you apart. All you have to do is say yes. Will you accept him today? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for those who you have sent to listen to this podcast. We pray that they will be awakened with your love so that they may spend eternity with you. In the name of our Deliverer, Jesus Christ, amen. My friend Keisha Chanel Palmer is a life coach and contributing author to the book, Cry, Forgive, Learn, and Move On. Thank you, Keisha. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer request as well as your praise reports to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. This ministry is supported by friends like you. If you'd like to donate to us, go to greatministries.org and click on the donate button. You may also write to us at P.O. Box 1654, Lilburn, Georgia, 30048, or call us at 678-693-2204. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.